and welcome to the IQ Meets EQ podcast. I'm Jackie Broman, Principal Solicitor at TBA Law and CEO of Legally Wise Women. And I'm here with Ush Danik, former corporate lawyer, then head of HR and now an emotional intelligence coach. Good morning, Ush. Morning, Jackie. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. I'm excited to um, debrief on our interviewee. Yeah, I know. I think you liked her a lot. It's a longer interview too, so... It was. And it went really quick, though. I was listening to it half in the car. Yeah. And then half while I was doing my laundry when I got home, Lucia. (laughs) Great. Before we jump in, though, how are you going? Yes, good. Good. Really good. I was just saying, all inspired to do video. I am. I am. And I did two videos yesterday following our last conversation. Mm. So I literally just got out of procrastination mode and got two videos out, just wrote the content and just did them. Yeah. Um, No big deal. So no big deal at all and I wasn't fussed about how I looked like you said it I was just sitting down at my desk at work it was done Brilliant. so and found someone to edit them and yeah they'll be out there as of next week now cool great mm. yay yay <laughs> what about you how's your week yeah it's been good I had a keynote on the weekend at a ladies nice. day event you know all the international women's day things are sort of coming up around the place hmm what did you speak on? Leadership and equality. Oh, I was going to say, don't say death. <laughs> no, it wasn't. I just thought they weren't, weren't the right <laughs> crowd for estate planning. <laughs> yep. This weekend coming up, I've got the Relay for Life. So we're raising money for cancer. My father had bowel cancer a couple of years ago and my oh gosh. father-in-law had prostate cancer uh, 18 months ago. So both of them Jeez. have recovered and they're just having the six-monthly monitoring. Yeah. But, you know, it's, it's everywhere. So Relay for Life and my whole team, my work crew were doing it. And so we're walking the oval around and around. <laughs> um, how many Ks? It's not kilometres, it's time. So oh, we've got to keep oh, it's the time. going uh, from three, right. se- 3 o'clock Saturday till 9 o'clock Sunday. Oh, my goodness. Yep. So we're all taking So you just take it in turns? Mm-hmm. Got a roster. <laughs> and um how much time on before you're off is it like every couple of hours you're doing or? yeah yeah uh and we're either doing an hour block or a half hour block and we can walk with other people too but during the night it's probably you know you're going to be alone trotting along at two or three in the morning <laughs> oh my goodness mm. wow mm. it's a good time for contemplation that's for sure <laughs> yeah especially at that time Jeez, and hopefully the weather holds out yeah, the last well, thing you want is rain. We did one two years ago. It was in May, which is a little bit unstable in Victoria. And so we mm. did. We had horrendous rain and wind, and marquees were blown all over the oh, place. Oh, no. Yeah. Luckily, it didn't rain overnight. It was only while everyone was setting up until about yeah. five o'clock. But anyway. Fingers crossed. Mm hmm. <laughs> All right, now let's jump in because I got to talk yes. to Fiona, Fiona Redding, the happiness hunter. Yay. Yeah. Love the name. Great. So let's jump in straight away and listen to her. All right. So Fiona Redding, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Jackie. Thanks for having me here. <laughs> We've been chatting for a little while and I'm like, stop, we need to record. <laughs> so easy to do that though, isn't it? Just kind of get carried away and then it's like, hang on a minute, we're supposed to be recording this. That's right. Yeah. You know, we've come across each other's path quite a few times and I've been listening to you on podcasts for so long that, you know, it feels like a phone call with a best friend. (laughs) So it's nice. Podcasting is such an awesome medium because you actually do feel like you know people that you're listening to. Yeah. Well, I think you do. I think you do know them. It's just that the person making the podcast doesn't know you back. Yeah. (laughs) Like a one-way friendship. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) so what I wanted to do was go all the way back to when you were in primary school what Mm -hmm. did you want to be when you were growing up I actually always wanted to be a foreign correspondent you know like a journalist going into the war zones and like just being right in the thick of the action that's always what I wanted to do huh that's great Yeah, because I was always a really good writer and I just, I liked the idea of, I think it was kind of the glamour or the danger element or something of it. Yeah. Yeah. The idea of it, I think I loved. Yeah. There's so many elements of that that you do. Yeah. In a way, yeah. Yeah. Writing, communicating, and you are very outdoorsy. Yes. 
yes, and often in the line of fire of some sort <laughs> of life. So tell us all what your career path has actually looked like. Okay, so instead of doing journalism, it, when I finished high school, I actually got into PR, public relations, because it had a higher score or whatever and that was what my guidance counsellor suggested I did obviously because it was going to look good for the school I hated it I hated it so I dropped out and then I ended up working full-time at McDonald's because I'd been working there part-time while I was in high school and I worked full-time at McDonald's massive you know like just what you want to do when you leave high school. And then from there, I actually worked, I went and worked at Bobby McGee's. I don't know if you're from Melbourne, but I Bobby McGee's was a nightclub at Ridges Hotels. And it was like, apparently like a, a really cool place to be. And I, so I was a marketing coordinator there. And the reason I got the job there was because I had worked at McDonald's because they really liked, because actually when you're at Macca's, you get really well trained in systems like marketing systems and processes and there's a quite a I don't know if it's still the same now but quite a high expectation of behavior and performance there so anyway I worked there and then from there I went over to the UK and so I was basically just drifting along in my life at this point in time there was no foreign correspondent on the horizon and then I went to the UK and I worked as an EA for a, a startup management consultancy right before the dot-com bubble burst. It was right in the late 90s and it was such a fun place to work. And I remember just looking at all of these graduates who I was recruiting, who were coming into the office and I just thought, they've got these massive career paths ahead of them and I don't and I'm actually really smart and I want to do something with my life. I've got no idea what I wanted to do. I'm going to go back to uni. So I went back to uni when I was 25 and then I worked at Victoria Police while I was at uni and they were really fantastic. I was able to work full-time and study full-time and but manage my hours around that. So I was just doing office kind of project management, change management stuff, but I, I progressed quite quickly at Victoria Police. Finished my degree. The, so the degree was cut between New Zealand and Australia. So I was doing fruit picking and stuff while I was in New Zealand. I had this, I've just had this very eclectic kind of career. And then I went back over to the UK. Didn't, didn't do anything with my degree in international relations, by the way, which is actually what I graduated in. I didn't stay and do honours or anything like that. I was like, no, no, I'm just going to go back overseas because, you know, that's what I'm going to do. And worked similar sort of jobs that I've been doing with Big Pole, came back to Australia and then... It was, um, I was five months pregnant in the GFC in 2008, couldn't get a job. And so then I had my daughter about a year after, uh, a year, two, nearly two years after my son was born, still couldn't get a job. Then I started installing car seats casually from home for a local hire, baby hire thing. Yeah, okay. And I was just like, <laughs> seriously, this is like my life now and but I actually it, it kind of just exposed me to in a different way to maybe I could look at doing something for myself because I was looking for work hard out and I just couldn't find anything I wanted to return to the work like in a part-time capacity in what I was qualified and had been doing for years job and it just wasn't around as I'm sure most of our listeners can relate to that but this girl that I was working for had a franchise of this business and I was like you know maybe I could do something for myself. And so that's kind of basically then when I decided, okay, well, I'm going to start my own business. What can I do? How did my skill set translate to self-employment? And that's when I decided to go into business consulting. And I've just kind of morphed from there. So yet yeah, not, I'm not a foreign correspondent. I did a degree in international relations, got like high distinction of what I graduate. What do they call it with? Um, don't even know what they call it with graduated with distinction I think it was got offered to do honors didn't follow it through so I could have probably pursued something at that point then but I didn't so I guess the lesson for me in that is that I need to apply myself to what I'm doing and you can't just drift along and hope that everything's going to kind of pan out because you'll never end up being a foreign correspondent <laughs> do, <that. laughs> do you still want to be a foreign correspondent nah. No, I would say it's worked out just as it should have worked out. Yeah, no, it totally has. But it was yep. really interesting. I, I actually thought I was going to be a journalist and I was going to be a foreign correspondent. And I'm really glad I'm not now. I'm glad that that wasn't the career path that I ended up going down. But I, I can, kids. Yeah, and all the stuff that I kind of appealed to me about that, I can create in my own workplace now anyway. So, yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, so that's my path to where I am now. So, Because <laughs> I look at you and your business and I think you have created the exact life that suits you. Yeah, 100%. And, and now I help other people do the same thing. And it's yeah. just such a, it's such a lovely way to live. It's a lovely, lovely life to live and a lovely way to live life. Yeah. So how many metamorphoses of your business have you had before it came to Happiness Hunter and how it looks? <laughs> okay, so when I started, my business was called um, Vivacity Consulting. Okay. And, and then I changed that. Nobody could pronounce Vivacity, but I really like the name because it means life and, you know, and you know how hard it, you know, we all know how hard it is to name a business. I actually think it's harder than naming a child because you've got to think about like trademarking and domain names and like there's so many other factors that come into it. So naming a business is really hard and it stops people a lot of the time they get stuck on the name and they can't move forward yeah so initially it was vivacity consulting then that became and then i started doing more coaching and not consulting and so then that became business with vivacity because i did a coaching program and i called it business with vivacity i thought like that now i'm going to call that the business and then i separate uh, there's a whole lot of stuff that happened in my life and then i decided to start these walks Mm. And about, you know, networking and getting out in nature and connecting with other people and developing relationships and all of those sorts of things without necessarily having to go to sit down and exchange business cards. I just that kind of networking didn't really work for me. And I think largely it didn't work for me because I just wasn't clear enough on what it was that I was doing. So mm. people would talk to me and I'd just go off <laughs> these absolute rambling tangents. <laughs> And I just watched them look at me just going, she's got no idea what she's doing. So the walking really helped me kind of get clear on, on that. And um, so then I called it Fit for Biz. So I had business with Vivacity and Fit for Biz. And I was in breach all over the place with trademarking with Fit for Biz. And I knew that, but I had to call it something to keep moving forward. So the idea was that I'd had business with Vivacity, which had the business focus, and Fit for Biz, which was more about the life, like the people mm. within the business. And then it just, none of it was making sense. I was trying to run two websites, I had two business names, I had two business bank accounts. It was chaos. And then I was like, okay, there's got it. This, 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 there's somehow this whole thing is merged. It's going to, it's got to morph into one thing. And what does that actually look like? And so I was trying to think about a new name because I had to stop calling it Fit for Biz. And so I, this idea for the happiness hunter came actually because I'd called myself happiness as an avatar on this website yeah. that I signed up to to stop drinking. And I was meditating a lot and I was asking every day, what is this thing called? Yep. And one day I wrote down the happiness hunter and I like, I wrote it in my journal and I looked at it and I was like, slammed that thing shut. And I was like, mm -hmm. I can't carry that. That's ridiculous. And probably, and then I was like, what's the name of this thing? What's the name of this thing? And it was like, I've been given the name, you know? And so probably about two or three months after that, I was like, okay, it's the happiness hunter. So I Google the happiness hunter. You're not going to believe this. The .com domain was available. <laughs> like it's never available on anything ever. And I'm like, yeah. I have to do this. Like this thing is mine. Like it's totally, I've got to, I've just got to trust this and go with it. So then everything kind of got put into this pot of the happiness hunter. Right. And over the last few years, I've just been trying to really work out what that looks like, what the business model looks like, mm. and obviously run the business at the same time, doing coaching and speaking and stuff like that. But so anyway, yeah, so that's kind of how that's evolved. It's been a very winding road, yeah. but that's how it, that's the road, I think, isn't it? That's the path. Yeah, that's right. And I think that um, particularly in small business, because we're nimble enough um, you know, in a couple of years when what the product offerings you don't have don't work anymore, you rename them and reposition them a little bit and it's slightly different again, but yeah, under the same umbrella. Yeah, that's right. And you, you, I think that's that exactly. We are so lucky that we can be so flexible and agile and literally launch something overnight or take something off the market overnight. I mean, most people don't have that mm -mm. ability. We're very lucky. Yeah. Yeah. So when you couldn't find work at, in the GFC, do you think that's also because you were a new mum? Look, I think I, I think it was actually largely to do with my belief system about what I thought I could and couldn't do. But, you know, the, the thing is when there are things like GFCs and recessions and things like that, we all buy into that story and that becomes our belief system. So, you know, I was probably had stuff going on because I was five months pregnant, so I was visibly pregnant. Mm. And, you know, also too, like if you're a recruiter and you're recruiting someone for a mm. role and you've got somebody who's five months pregnant and somebody who's not pregnant, like 
I, I understood that. Like I did actually understand that. Whether or not I thought it was fair or agreed with that didn't matter. I was like, I, I can, you're not even going to be consciously aware of that decision, you know. And um, so I think it was largely to do with the fact of just I, I was really not being very positive in my life and I didn't believe that I could be employed because I was pregnant and, you know, all of this stuff. So I think largely I was the creator of my own reality through that experience and then that kind of reinforced existing belief systems that I had, which then kind of almost in a way made me unemployable. Yeah. Well, lucky in some ways because you yeah. also believe that you could run your own thing. Yeah, but I think we get backed into a corner sometimes in life, yeah. Jackie, as well. Yeah, and you know, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. And that's what I that's generally the work I do with my clients now. It's like, okay, well you are where you are. What are we going to yeah. do here from here moving forward? And what's this environment and circumstances showing you about what your belief systems are and what do we need to do to help you shift them? So I think we have to go through these experiences in life, especially if we've got to work, teach that if we've, if we've got to teach it, we need to have experienced it. Otherwise it's just words. Yeah. Yeah, no, exactly. That's right. And so I, even as a female trying to be very aware of gender, you know, neutrality and all that sort of thing, am biased against women, you know, in their late twenties, early thirties, because I'm just like, what do you, you know, yeah. what are your intentions? Yeah, that's right. And you can't You're even not allowed to ask that question. No, but as a business owner, it's terrifying. And yet someone might only be with you for 12 months or a year or two years anyway, whether it's a child or not. So I don't even know why it's such a scary thing. Moving along, you're obviously really passionate about helping people create the business of their dreams, helping them create the life that they think, well, they may not even realise they can think that they can have it or believe that they can have it. Is that a lot of what you're doing as well, helping people break through some things, beliefs that are stopping them? Yeah, uh, pretty much that's it. So I think too, because I was so unhappy, like I was, I'd, I'd got to a point in my life, I was just so desperately unhappy. Yeah. And then I started to learn that I didn't have to be like that anymore. And I think when you, it's such a privilege to kind of have that knowledge and awareness. And when you actually have it, you have a duty and an obligation to share that with other people. Like it, it that's part of the price you have to pay for having that shift in a way. Yeah. Does that make sense? It does. It's a lovely way of thinking about it. Yeah. It's, um, I, I feel deeply grateful yes. that I my life is as my life is and I don't really even think I've scratched the surface yet of how amazing life can be yep. and you know like they say when you get there you know turn around back and bring another forward it's that's <laughs> what it feels like in my life because that's the flow and effect that's the ripple effect and that I do that with people and then they go do that and with their families and their communities and that's just love. And I don't know, it's to me that, that to me, that is connection. And that is what living a really meaningful and purposeful life is, is to find what that thing is for you, whatever that thing is, and then just do it hard out. Yeah, that's lovely. And, and, and you, like, I deeply feel that I have to be of service and you just sound like the same because you've come to a realisation, you just have to give back. And so you're being of service in a very different way, obviously, than I am. But still, it's like a deep service to your common people. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it is. It's service. And it, I yeah. think it is in service to the bigger part of whoever we are. Yeah. And, you know, that, that we are actually all just here together muddling on through this life together and if when we're working together and helping each other and cooperating and collaborating and sharing and all of those things that's actually that's how we're meant to be living mm. and the most wonderful thing is about this is that we can actually also get paid for that and one of my massive challenges that I've had to overcome has been my money mindset like it's been it's been ginormous and, you know, everybody, it shows up for people in different ways. You know, some people it's in relationships, some people it's with work, some people it's with their health, some people it's with money, some people have a, a selection, you know, a little bit of a pollination of everything. But for me where it's really most significantly shown up and it, as it is for a lot of women, it has been financially with my money. So that's been a real 
being in business for me has been you know i know how passionate you are about sort of sharing this idea of business being a the, the best the best hands down personal development tool you can ever yes. ever come across <laughs> for me it was like i knew i had to keep going with my business because that was how i was going to overcome this money stuff and mm. yeah so that's basically what's happened and now of course i can teach people because i completely can relate and i had to go through that experience to really understand what it's like yeah. God, I still struggle with that stuff too. Yeah. Like converting your own worth and value into dollars is still hard. And there's so much mixed up in it because you want to make people happy and have them like you. So you give a lot away for free because it's goodwill because you think it's building something, yet they're really just taking advantage half the time. Yeah, because you're not valuing what you're doing. And the other thing that I think a really interesting observation on this is as well. So I'm involved in a community. We've got a co-op and everything like that. And we sell these amazing garlic products. We sell lots of stuff. I can sell that stuff to the Eskimos, right? <laughs> and I've got a lot of clients who have product-based businesses. And it is it, it seems to be a lot easier to sell something that is not you and your service. You know, you're in business where you're actually selling your IP, you're selling your, you're, you're you are, you are the service. Yep. Same with me. Mm -hmm. It's a completely different ball game. Like it, because you're on the line, what are people going to think about me? You know, how I, I can't possibly charge that because we're projecting all of our stuff onto the world around us, which is not true. And we're just seeing the world through our own perception, which is not the truth. It's just how we're perceiving the world. So when we can kind of strip back those layers, layer by layer, you know, and it's a process and it takes time because we can only do so much at a time. We can't deal with everything, handle everything, overcome everything in this red hot minute. So it's a work in progress. We're all work in progresses, but I've definitely noticed there's been a very big shift for me probably in the last six to 12 months. Mm. And I'm, it's like... I just don't care anymore because it's like before I'd be worried about what people who it's what I'm doing is not even for mm -hmm. about it. Right. So yeah. I'm doing something thinking about the person I'm not even talking to. They're yeah. going to think this is terrible or I'm charging too much or, you know, that I'm talking rubbish. And then what it is. Yeah. And then, I don't know. I think when I actually launched the podcast that I did do a lot of work on myself to get that podcast out. I'm sure you can relate to that. Like, you know, I had my face on it. It was my business name. It was my brand. I was like, if this, if I fall on my face with this, it's a very, very public spectacle, you know, like there's, it's, it's, I, it, it is so, I'm so exposed with this. So I was just like, okay. And you know, all the imposter syndrome and all that stuff came up. And then I was just like, you know what? This is not for who it's not for. I'm actually only creating this for who it is for. Mm -hmm. And I've, we've always heard about that, you know, like don't worry about the, but I, I, I understood it in a different way. So now what I, when I'm creating, I know it's for the people it's for and it, I actually don't care about the people it's not for, the haters, the trolls, whatever. Like they can have their opinion. It's nothing to do with me. But the thing is because I don't care anymore, they've gone. It's gone. So, but it is such a process to get to that point. And even for someone like me who absolutely loves your stuff yeah. and I'm listening to your podcast and loving it, some of them are a little bit intense for me too. And so I'm like, I'll just not listen to that one and come back to the next. And your last yeah. one about having a great day was just fantastic. And so some will resonate and some won't. And that doesn't matter. It doesn't mean that I hate you because half an episode didn't resonate. Yeah. That's right. That's And I'm just doing, I'm just going, okay, this is what feels like I need to do today. And I'm trusting that and I'm not overthinking it. And I don't have a big content schedule and stuff because I've got so much stuff to talk about. It's like, yeah. I'll just talk about whatever needs to be talked about today. And that's it. But yep. yet I, I do think too, even with that as well, when I started, I was like, I've got no idea how this thing's going to land. Like no idea. I don't know what people are going to like. I don't know what people aren't going to like. But of course, I've done like nine episodes or something now and I can start to see. And it's like, okay, that's what people are messaging me about. I'm getting messages after every single episode because different people are resonating with different things. And, just, you know, it's all good. It doesn't, yeah. yeah like it's, yeah. It's, been it's been a fascinating process because I just think, how much are we stopping ourselves from doing things in life because we're worried about stuff that does not matter? Yep. 
And that's making me even more determined and passionate about actually just getting out of my own way to say, to, sh- to reach as many people as I can to say, just have a crack at life. Who cares? <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> yeah. So how have you found this new podcast compared to the business addicts? Oh, it's been such a different experience. Yep. Um, I loved, I mean, I, I love Lauren like so much. I love yep. her so hard. So we did the Business Addicts podcast and it was kind of Lauren's podcast and it was her idea. I'd never even heard of a podcast before she approached <laughs> me about doing a podcast with her, right? So and this is, I think about four, four and a half years ago, we launched the, uh, yeah. Oh, it must be longer than that. Sure. No, it might be five years ago because it was about, yeah, yeah forever. Five years ago. Okay, so let's say five years ago. And I always felt like it was her podcast. And mm. I was just like like a little sidekick, which actually I was. She did all the work on it. And I always we always acknowledged that. Like I was literally just the co-host. She created all the questions. Um, you know, like it was her podcast, but it was our podcast at the same time. So I never kind of really had any direct ownership or responsibility for it in mm. a way. Um, and the first year we released every week, it was manic. Like it was, God. and she's over in Point Court, which is the other side of town. And we were doing, we had to be together. And, oh. you know, it was probably a day, at least a day a week that we were doing on that. Then the second year we did every two weeks. And then now we just do whenever. Mm-hmm. Um, but this this time, I think I, part of what I did was I actually had to do every single step of the process myself. I made a real commitment to myself that I'd do that because my personality type is I'm great at starting stuff. Yeah, I am a, a shocking finisher. Oh. I'm very good at the big picture. I'm terrible on the detail. And I thought I need to practice becoming stronger in these areas that I've identified as weak. So that was a real test for me. So I basically did every single step of the yep. process. So I own this thing. It is 100% me. And mm-hmm. I have such a, I'm not going to say a different connection to it, but it is a different connection to mm-hmm. it in a way. It's like, it is actually so so part of who I am that I, I don't know it's it's just different and I I'm excited about it and I can see myself doing it long term like I, I I'm a sprinter I'm a hundred meter sprinter I'm fantastic at the sprint and then I go and have a rest for a little while so this is about me now training to become a marathon runner which mm. is what I need to be in business so I'm using the podcast as my little testing ground or yeah, training ground, training ground almost in a way, I think you could yep. call it. So yeah, it's been really awesome. It's been, I, I can't believe how much I've loved it actually. Yep. And and probably how easy it is once you've gotten going because. Yeah. Because it's getting you, started on something That's like, right. You're kicking great goals with it. Yeah. No, yep. so it's been, yeah, it's been, it's been awesome. And it's opened already, like I launched in December. So where are we now? January. So six weeks ago I launched. Mm-hmm already getting work like it's already like really starting to open some big doors and it will create some amazing opportunities for me because I've got such good attitude around it I think as well like it's just not a chore yeah well it's not only that it's it has a completely different feel to the business addicts too from a listener's perspective and even the personal um, episodes you did on the business addicts is nothing like what you're doing now and so I didn't really know you very well until you started doing some of the personal ones on the business addict I knew Lauren but then this new podcast has just gone to a whole deeper level I'm like oh I get you I get what you're doing like deeply understand now so I think that you know you're you're getting right down to the core of who needs to listen and who needs to work with you as well. Yeah, I think so. And yeah, I think and that's when I just had to go, you know what, I'm just going to speak. And with most of those episodes, in fact every single one of them, I just do one take and that's it. I don't do notes unless they're the interviews because yeah. the first one I did I, I had I actually episode one I actually in the end had to script it because I was blah, 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 and it was a bit stressful I thought I'm just going to read from a script and that's okay it's just my introductory episode mm. and then the second one I think I tried to do a script and it didn't work and I thought you know what I know this I know this this is my this is stuff I know like I created this stuff like I don't need notes to kind of talk about stuff that concepts and philosophies and stuff that I've kind of developed through what you know, inputs have come into my world. You know, I don't need to, to write notes about that. So that's been very helpful, actually, to just go, I'm just going to speak and whatever I say is the right thing. But you know how I actually, that started? This is a funny story. So I was going to launch the podcast and I was talking to Lyndall Harris from Podcast VA and oh, she's yeah. been very supportive 
we, we're sort of business buddies, she's been quite supportive. Anyway, I was talking to her and she goes, right, you need to register it with Wooshka. So I upload it to Wooshka and she said, and then the feed will get sent out to Apple and that will take about five business days. I said, no worries. So she said, do it today. I said, no worries. So this is on Thursday. So then I submitted, I'd recorded my first episode, submitted on Thursday. On Friday, I recorded episode two and three because I decided I was going to launch with three episodes. They were just raw, the episode two and three. And then I went to the farm for the weekend. And on Saturday morning, luckily I took my computer, on Saturday morning, I get an email from Apple to say that your podcast has gone live in the iTunes, right? I'm yep. like, oh, I'm not ready. I've got a big launch strategy and I'm not ready for this because you've got the first seven days are really quite important when it launches because of they, they work out the algorithm and stuff yep. at that time. Well, it's not that important, but I thought it was. Anyway, so I'm at the farm with my computer with no, I didn't have the um, power cable, so it had like, four or five hours of charge on it and I have my daughter's smiggle headphones so I'm trying to bloody edit these two episodes and then I'd done a template for the blog post and so I templated stuff but it was all very cobbled together because it was Monday and Tuesday I was going to work on this full time to get it already launched so basically I had to edit the two episodes two and three which I had which I was going to re-record on the Monday because I wasn't happy with them and so I basically had to launch with what I had. And that was the best thing that could have yeah. happened because I was just like, these episodes are good enough. Like don't second guess yourself. If you've recorded it, you've got to just trust it's okay. And whatever's going to go out is okay. And if I've said something wrong or people disagree with me or like, Jack, you know, you don't want to listen to that episode. It's okay. Like I'm not going to, you can't please everyone. You're not allowed to stop halfway through. I'm going to find you and hunt you down and make you listen to the other half. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, you know, so that was the best thing that happened. So then anyway, so then I just was like, I just emailed everyone. I said, this thing's just gone live. Can you please subscribe and download and listen? So then the first, that first week, I was fully tracking my stats and yep. like in the charts, and I, the, top, the highest I got was to, um, I think, 21 in my category for education. And I was above my portfolio. And then I was up there with the TEDx talks and I was there was Scott Pape and stuff. It was really cool. And of course, I've been off the charts for, it doesn't matter. I actually don't care. Mm. I actually, it's, it's really empowering to not care because I thought I would really care. And I was like, it doesn't matter. Whoever's going to find this podcast will find it. Whoever's going to need it doesn't, yeah. And it's probably similar for you as well. It's just, mm-hmm. yep. it's, you know, we're not competing against anyone. Yep, yep. No, absolutely. So a couple of the my favourite ones that I wanted to mention were the sev- seven elements that you did with Paul which was episode four or five, something like that. Episode four, I think, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, because I'm doing three solos and then an interview is my schedule. Fantastic. That works well. So, yeah, the seven elements. So that's very much how you coach them. Yes. Yep. So that's, that's a great one that we can point listeners to. But your third episode, the really personal episode, gee, that was just so heartfelt (laughs) like I'm holding my heart as I'm saying this because it was just like I can't even I can't even relate um I feel so much for you and the empathy but it's just not something that's ever been an issue in my life drinking and I can't even comprehend it's just beyond me I can't comprehend that there's so many people living that way I know I know and that is why I am I just I, I just am so honest about it. And the reason I know how many people there are, because when I stopped drinking, I joined up to this platform, Hello Sunday Morning, HSM, and blogging with people. Mm-hmm. And so you, you, it was kind of a little bit social media like you'd connect with people and then you'd be able to read their blogs. They could read your blogs and you'd comment on each other's. And it was just a very supportive community. There was men, there was women, there was 20-year-olds, there was 30-year-olds, there was 40-year-olds, there was 50-year-olds, there was 80-year-olds. There was married people, single people, kids with people with kids there was full-blown alcoholics there was people just with a slight drinking problem and I was like everyone every single demographic is affected by this and some of the people that were on there because it was all anonymous but you know as we sort of over the months you know there was very senior public servants on there there was all sorts of people from all every walk of life and we were all connected (laughs) by this issue that we had with alcohol and because because I'm a good writer and because I'm very I'm very empathetic and you know I develop relationships with people and stuff I really started to get to know these people and a lot of them now I actually 
friends in real life. Like we took that, that friendship offline. But I just started to realise that, and I was starting to sort of help people a little bit in that community and stuff because of the way I was navigating what I was going through and I was sharing that. And that's when I started to realise like the, what I'm go- the way I'm dealing with this and approaching this is actually not how most people are doing it. Mm. Not that I'm better or right or anything. It's just the, the, the approach that I'd found. And, you know, that I was succeeding. Most people were not succeeding. No. There was very few people on that platform that mm-hmm. stopped drinking. Mm-hmm. Really very few. There was only a few of us that kind of made it. Yeah. And I just knew, I knew I had to be honest about it. So six months after I stopped drinking, I wrote a blog post and it didn't go it went viral for me. It wasn't viral, viral, but in terms of yeah, everyone knew, everyone knew, and it went beyond my networks and that sort of thing. And people, people still like people tell me that they've got it pinned up on their wall that <laughs> blog. Like it, like, and I'd say so I think from that I just thought my life is just so much better not drinking. There's not one thing that's bad about my life not drinking. And if me sharing my experience helps even one person, then that's okay. So that's why I'm so honest about it. I'm just, I just, because I can tell you every single time I say something like, you know, having a skull of the bloody spirits, you know, two o'clock in the afternoon when my kids are there, if that connects to someone and that makes them think, oh, it's okay. I don't, this is not my dirty little secret anymore because that girl's mm-hmm. out there telling the whole world. This is something that just happens and goes through. If I don't like it, I can change it, but I need to make a decision. I need to own it and I need to make a decision and change it. And that's why I do it because I just think I don't care. I don't care. People got a problem with me talking about my problem. That's not my problem. No. And I don't think that anyone would have a problem no. with that. And realistically, you're expanding the potential for everyone who's in that situation. Like you said, if someone is struggling with it now and they don't know if they could ever deal with it, you are the role model. Yeah. Just shining a light on the path, just saying it doesn't need to yeah. be like that. And I'm nothing special. I'm nothing special. We're all special. I know, but you, you, we're all special in our own ways. I'm not any, I don't have anything extra that anybody else doesn't have. Yeah. I'm just choosing to tap into it. That's the difference, as you are too, Jackie. <laughs> Addiction's never a problem for me. <laughs> Isn't it? It's, but the, see, this is the thing too, and this is about why it's so important that we understand our personality types yeah. as well. Yeah. And, you know, how, how, who we are is formed in our childhood and that we don't have to, remain like that we do actually have the power in our life to change that yep yep and we're almost coming full circle back aren't we to you created exactly the life and business that suits you and what is makes you happy and healthy and it is an option for everyone to do that yeah everybody has it there's no like you can make an excuse but there are no excuses like our our potential is unlimited what we can achieve and do is which is scary yeah, but but not at the same. <laughs> yeah, and the thing is also too that and this is what I love about it. like the gift is in the struggle, and real, true, genuine happiness is found in the overcoming of obstacles and challenges in mm-hmm. our lives. So like right. putting if ourselves life easy. What's the point? There's no yeah. point, and there's no fun in that, and there's there isn't. And you know we can all look around our lives and sort of you know see where people are living in their comfort zones and see the people that are, you know, really pushing the envelope on life. And I want to push the envelope on life and let other people know that that's actually how that's living. That is living, mm-hmm. yeah. you know? Yeah. And I I'm not even really pushing the envelope, but you know. Sort of need to applaud you. <laughs> <laughs> and look, we can talk for hours. Yeah, I know. But you've locked your kids in the bedroom. So. <laughs> no, they're happy. They're on the iPads. And normally I don't do this, but these holidays, we, yeah, we've actually had a little bit of iPad time these holidays because I've had to work a bit and I'm just, I've just let it go. Whereas previously they'd be like, oh, I feel really, they shouldn't be on their iPads. It's like, yeah, but I'm asking them to do, yeah. you know, sit on their own for an hour. So yeah, it's a bit of an iPad time. That's okay. <laughs> I'll go and see me read them a book now. So everything that you've learned and been through at the moment, this at this point in life, what would you, what advice would you give to your 21-year-old self? Oh, this is a really interesting question because I actually, in some ways, believe that we have to go through what we go through to become who we become. But I think probably the best piece of advice I would give to my 21-year-old self is actually just learn 
to be a little bit more financially responsible. Hmm. Yeah. You know, because I've always just lived flown by the seat of my pants all my life financially. And that doesn't really work when you've got a business Mm. and you're a single parent and you've got two kids. (laughs) So I think if I had have had a little bit more financial literacy, I think I would have maybe, maybe who knows, made different decisions. I don't know, but I'm really conscious about giving that to my kids. So I think, yeah. No, that's great. Yeah. It's not not so deep that your 21 year old self wouldn't have listened to you. And like you said, you got to go through and learn things. So actually focus on this to learn. Yeah. I think that, yeah, that's great. Yeah. So, and you know, of course I wouldn't have been able to do that because of my mindset and my belief systems, but the, if, if I could sort of turn back the clock a little bit, but then I don't know if I would, to be honest, I don't know, but that yeah. would be, that's, that's one thing I'm consciously educating my kids in, in a different way than I I oh, had been, as a lot of us hadn't been. That's that's probably the one thing I think that's one life skill I wish I had have mastered a bit earlier. Yes, you do see a lot of particularly women disadvantaged because of the lack of financial yeah. knowledge. Yeah, and that's all a mindset as well. Mm. So if we can start to tap into that a little bit earlier, yep. that definitely helps. But anyway, but- you know, that's life. Yep. Women are great at maths. We're great at working out the percentage off, off shopping. So we can definitely do it. <laughs> totally. We can do it. You know, actually the, there's two books, actually there's a, a million books I've read, read about money. The Barefoot Investor by Scott Pape. Yeah. I Fantastic. Agree. Highly, highly recommend it. And I'm doing that actually with my kids, the Barefoot for Families. Yeah. Great. In Such my business. formula so good and that's really helped me but then what I discovered was that's fantastic but my pay gets paid by my business which is me Mm -hmm. so then I implemented Profit First by Mike Michalowicz in my Mm -hmm. business and that really helped as well it's still a work in progress but which I've got I got about halfway through that book as well and he started talking about your business paying your personal tax for you and I'm like no yeah too too hard, but you you know like but the principles of that in terms yeah. of you know profit percentages profit first you pay yourself yeah you yeah. put money aside for your tax and then you've got your operating expenses but yeah. the operating expenses are last yes. so basically you've got to and cut don't your let expenses them blow out too much yeah either. yeah mm. yeah and where you sort of so that I found really helpful because most of us we pay everything else first and our sales last and then if there's money left over we'll put it aside for tax like that tax is not our money so that really helped me a lot there too then there was another couple of books that really helped was Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill mm, great and one. The, the Richest Man in Babylon as well yeah I haven't ever got to that I think but I think I've read the fable that that book starts with because he's yeah. talking about the guy looking for the diamonds yeah. 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 So it's, that's really good. And like, there's a lot of, but you can, there's lots of stuff that you can read and absorb and, but the, the challenge is, and this is the same with anything, Jackie, like, you know, they've got these 90 day strategies and this, that, and the other, if your head's not in the right place, good luck with implementing that. That's right. So we can have the strategy, but we need to, it's got the mindset and stuff. It needs to be done at the same time. It is. It's all mindset, isn't it? It really is. Which leads us back to what things do you do regularly to keep that mindset right, to keep yourself well, to stay on track? (laughs) Well, it's funny. I just, I literally yesterday just did a podcast episode on this, but my biggest thing that I do is my morning routine. Like I am like very focused on my morning routine and get up early and I just give myself at least an hour in the morning to just meditate, do some prayer, do some breathing, do some exercises, walking, um, do some journaling, do some goal setting, just set my day up. It's the best thing. So I'm just calm. My kids get up. I'm I'm mentally centered. I'm emotionally connected. I'm connected. That has actually been the best thing that I can do. So then when, you know, life happens during the day, which is all this stuff that happens to us is life. It's not like oh, this terrible thing happened. It's called life. It's Mm. called life. Um, I'm able to kind of catch myself before I go too far off balance. And if I do go off balance, I can say, right, what is actually going on for me? You know, how am I feeling? What's happened? How am I emotionally reacting to this? What do I need to do to 
get myself back on track. So I'm, you know, it's such a work in progress, but I'm fine. I find having that space in the morning to really set the day up is critical to living a happy life. And at the end of the day, bookending that too, with just a bit of reflection as well. Yeah, I like the book ending because I also do a really good morning routine as well. I try and spend as much time in the morning as I can to myself, looking after myself before people get up. I'm so grateful that my husband loves to sleep in till 10 or 11 in the morning on weekends because I get up at five and I have five hours to myself. It's great. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't bookend the day. I don't do much reflection in the evening except to sort of put a cross through the day, which is a psychological phase completed. That's bookending it. Yeah. In a way, it's a small little routine, isn't it? Yeah. Yep. Yep. And, And in that you'll be, you know, Saying that's done, now mind, move on to the next day. So overnight, you put your mind to work on what's actually going to happen for the next day. So you have bookended it. You know, haven't just left it unclosed and unfinished. Yeah, true. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> so, and this is the thing with these little rituals and stuff. Like I think a lot of the time we think it's, oh, it's got to be this big thing and stuff. They are such tiny little things. Like just, mm. you know, making your bed as soon as you get up, putting your feet on the floor and just saying thank you as soon as you get out of bed. Like the okay. first intention that you're setting out of the day is gratitude you don't have to sit down to your gratitude journal and write down your 10 things you're grateful for because if you're not feeling it when you're doing it don't do it doesn't mean anything then does it means it? nothing it's just an action that has no heart or substance to it it's yeah yeah love that thank you my pleasure so um we're going to direct people to those episodes in your podcast obviously in our show notes but where can people find you so People can find me. I'm on Facebook and I'm on Instagram, but I'm not. I'm not like a zealot for social media because I. I just think I've got better things to do with my life than spend all my time creating posts for social media. So I do posts, so you can follow me there, and I do you know Great. just do some cool stuff. But I actually got a brand new membership that I'm launching this week called the Academy, which is is basically in response to a gap that my people have got, which is basically committing to what they say they're going to do, creating new habits. So having a focus, creating new habits and achieving their goals. So it's just a monthly membership called the Academy where we're just going to check in at the start of the week, reflect at the end of the week, and there'll be a monthly group coaching course. So if anybody's interested in finding out more about that, Mm -hmm. they can do that at the Happiness Hunter Academy. Fantastic. Yes. So that sounds fantastic. How long does someone commit for? So it's a so there's two ways you can do it. Mm-hmm. As a monthly membership, so you just pay by the month, or you can do an annual annual membership and you get 12 months yeah. for the price of 10. Great. Yes. Yeah, good. So it's not a huge commitment. So people no. can try and try it out, see if you like it. For a while they can come back to it. Yeah. So Great. Yeah, so that yeah, that's I'm very excited. I'm really excited about that. Mm. Actually, as I feel like it's um, yeah, yeah, going to be very good. I think the accountability piece is really important. But like you were just saying, um, we have um, these things that we want to put in place. But if our mindset's not right, then we're not going to implement. And I think that you are that key piece that fits in there to make the implementation happen and keep them accountable to make it yeah. happen. So yeah, and I think also too is the actual doing of it and understanding how challenging it can be when life's going on. Like I, I, I really do get it. I totally get it, but we can yep. do it or we can make an excuse and making excuses just makes us feel bad and nobody needs to feel bad. We don't need to feel bad. No, that's right. We can all have a great day. <laughs> yeah, every day. <laughs> Fantastic. Thanks, Fiona. Thanks so much for being here. Oh, Jackie, thank you so much for having me. I've really loved it. Well, first of all, I was going to say what I really liked is how she told her story, yeah. you know, of how she did so many different things hmm. that who would have thought that she'd have been the founder of the Happiness Hunter at the end of that? Yeah, she's so open about it, isn't she? Like, yes. and it just goes to show for people starting a business that, you know, maybe it takes a few reiterations till you hit the, on the right thing. Yeah, yeah. And the one note I actually did make, uh, not for the podcast, but just for me, because I tend to do that if I'm listening to something, is how, you know, she was saying that she just went to this um, point of not caring, you know, 
And I remember going through a similar point myself, even actually in the last couple of weeks, and I'll share that a bit at the end of the podcast. But when you, it's so liberating when you go, you know what, I just don't care. The people that aren't meant to be for me, you know, if I'm not meant to serve them as my clients, then that's fine. But then you focus on the ones that you do. And there's honestly a shift happens. And she's Mm -hmm. so right. I think that's what I really, my biggest takeaway was that one line, Mm. Um, especially after having gone through it over the last few weeks. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it sort of happened to her twice, didn't it? Because it was around whatever the name of the business was. And then it seemed like it was even more of a hurdle for her to start her own podcast. Mm. Her podcast I actually haven't great. heard. I, after you said everything you said, I was like, today on my drive, I'm going to listen to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And she's so refreshingly open. And In the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And I mean, she says she wants to be particularly around her drinking issues. And um, like I said, when I was speaking to her, um, her podcast, her podcast about her drinking was just such a mind blown thing for me because I, I just don't get it. Mm. So it was a drinking addiction. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and quite a, as quite a young woman with young children. Mm, mm, yeah no she sounds absolutely fascinating I love the name and the other Mm. thing that I sort of took away from that was how she was um you know combining the two businesses to then come up with that one name yeah yeah so just because you know she's got various interests in her life they don't have to be kept in little silos she could combine the whole thing and it and it works. Her walks were the first thing that I sort of knew about Fiona, mm. other than her being on the Business Addicts podcast with Lauren, because I've known Lauren for a while. So even her Business Addicts podcast is worthwhile going back and having a listen to. Lauren does a lot of Facebook advertising marketing stuff. So it does have a fairly heavy marketing theme throughout it, but obviously generally business too. Yeah, nice. Mm. Whereas then Happiness Hunter has gone way into more mindset, which is what Fiona's all about. Mm. So you've seen her journey evolve, right? I guess from seeing those little hubs of the business into now the Happiness Hunter. Um, No, she was already the Happiness Hunter when she was. Right, okay. Yeah. And it's funny from the outside looking at Fiona and I suppose it's with a lot of people that you think that they've got everything together and they know exactly what they're doing but you know there's still a process of change and working things out improving and getting clearer for everyone yeah I mean that bit actually there's a lot of thoughts that popped out of that podcast actually but that one was around the um the EQ kids and it feels like this this side thing that I do but it hasn't really gone into the business yet Mm. and it got me thinking about the whole rebrand thing and I was like oh no it's too scary you can't change anything and and then I was listening to her and I'm going yes I can <laughs> like yeah. if I want to bring that in so what that I do EQ for corporates why can't I do the EQ for kids within the business as well that's right um, and it's almost like I purposely keep it a hobby thing I don't talk about it much to clients in case they think oh well how can you do corporates and then kids you know yeah yeah do you know and what I got in hmm People in corporates are parents. Yes. Oh my God. Yes. <laughs> yes. Jeez. But it's like, I appreciate it's, it. It's like I just, yeah, and I don't hide it, but I don't really talk about it much. And even I don't post about it much because I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, it will confuse people on LinkedIn if I'm talking about an EQ moment with a kid as opposed to an EQ moment with a CEO. So, no. so yeah, she, as on my drive yesterday, she was like, got me thinking about, I don't really have a business name. So, it's just my name, right? Oh. And I was like, oh, what if I actually just have a business name? Yeah. Yes. So, yeah, she's given me a lot of food for thought, that's for sure. Brilliant. Well, it makes it easier for a rebrand if you haven't had a business name before. Yes. And then, oops, my podcasting fell. Yeah, and I guess the other bit that it got me thinking of was that it can then uh, incorporate other stuff within the business and then it doesn't have to be me alone if mm-hmm. I ever, ever get coaches and trainers. Yeah. So that was, that was my moment of aha at the end of the podcast. <laughs> what a breakthrough. Thank you, Fiona. I know. Yes, <laughs> I know. I need to <clears throat> send her a message to say thank you. Yep. What um, was your I, biggest takeaway? I think it was a lot around, I, I always talk about being of service. And so we talked about that a little bit too, and all the forms that you can 
be of service. But what else did I take away? I think I love how positive she is and how she is very much always in the space of getting your life how you want it to be and talking about being unlimited and the potential that you have and the possibilities are all open to you. I just, I love hearing that sort of stuff and I love that she lives it. Yeah. And for me, there was a big sense of gratitude for what she's achieved. You can, you can hear that in her voice, right? Where she really has created the lifestyle to fit what her life has wanted. Yeah. Even if she initially may not have believed she could have done it. And the other part that I, I resonated with, which is why I sent you that text going, oh my God, she's so good, mm-hmm. was the whole, you know, shifting of the paradigms because it's so true that our beliefs are all about what we're conditioned to believe from, from when we grow up yeah. and the other people's conditions that are put on us, not our own. Yeah. And like she said, you've just got to work out what they are and then peel them away bit by bit. And it takes time. It doesn't happen quickly. And I think it's really nice that she said that. You meet a lot of coaches that, you know, give the impression it's a quick fix, but it isn't. It really isn't a quick fix. There is so much work that goes in uncovering that potential, that, you know, side of you that you have, that you know you do, that you need someone to help you bring it out. But it isn't an overnight fix. It really isn't. No. And it comes back to the reiteration piece. Like, you don't get it all right and you don't have a massive change and have it all worked out. You're still working it out in steps as you go and you change and you tweak and um, it gets better and better. Yeah. And I like that she's done the money work and, you know, I've sort of been working on that for a while. Yes. I I think when I met you, I was literally partway through my program. It's the 12 week Asavas program on Mm. money paradigms and shifting. And I remember looking at all of the, um, you know, the comments on the, post at the end of all the changes they had I remember reading them at the beginning like oh god I'd never post anything like that where I've just won a big client or I've just increased my income by this and then yesterday after listening to her podcast I went onto that thing and I actually posted and I never do that and I actually posted saying this really has rewired some of my thoughts around money and my work yeah so you know uh, she's right it takes time but you can change your thinking Yeah. And I think we spoke about money a couple of times, uh, sort of earlier on in the piece, we're talking about the money mindset. And then later on, she was also talking about educating herself about money Mm. and those books. So I think it's a two pronged approach, isn't it? You can be positive about money and not know how it works. And therefore it probably doesn't change much if you're not educated. Yeah. And I think it goes back the other way as well, because she's so right in what she said that you know, you take the tax away because it's not your money, right? Yeah. yeah. But what I found is when I was educating myself, I almost felt a bit depressed because I'm like, well, there's nothing left because it's all gone back. What? And then I went into that. I went into that phase of tax. Yeah. But then I went into that phase of, well, what's the point of running my business? You know, yeah. I'm just giving it to everyone, and yeah. and I was like, oh my god, it was really a horrible negative time. But then you work on the mindset, and then you go that's cool because it just means that you charge more because you're worth more or you go get bigger clients that pay you what you want to pay. Yep. So definitely a combination of working on both. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I still have moments like that as well, where you just like, you know, you got employees. I know paying all these wages. I mean, it's great that there's so many people who I've been able to employ yeah. And I've created jobs, but at the end of the day, you know, you're, you are in business to make a profit and yeah. I'm still after eight years, not getting any return on this business. And so that is something that constantly plays on the mind and you wonder how, how and when it's going to come back around. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm in year four and I'm feeling the same. (laughs) A little bit of a shift probably in the last three months, but you're right. I mean, you do do it and you go, why am I doing it? But then it goes back to, if you don't love it, then we wouldn't survive as long as we had. Well, yeah, that's right. And you also think, well, what's the alternative? And I certainly don't want to work for someone. (laughs) Agreed. Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. And she gave some really good insights into those books as well, didn't she, at the end? I think the only one I haven't read was the Babylon one. Yeah, same. But I've done read the others Mm. Mm -hmm. yep so tell us you mentioned earlier about some changes in the last couple of weeks oh okay here's a bit of a vulnerable share I don't think the people will be listening to this podcast I can I can share (laughs) 
So I was coaching a couple of people for about six months to 12 months. I've been following the EQ journey. They sort of said, oh, can you help us out with a couple of clients? We want to get some practice in EQ. So of course I'm helping them as much as I could. And then I get a message from someone because I'm not on Facebook that showed me that both of them set up their own EQ business in competition. And I was like, oh, wow. <laughs> Just massive kick in the guts and then part of me goes that's okay competition's healthy they don't owe me anything but it was just that moment of oh my god you do so much to help someone and then it was I think it was the way it was done that got me Mm -hmm. um as opposed if they had just spoken to me about it and said oh by the way we're doing this I probably would have handled it better yeah and then to find out to find out the way I did was crap yes yeah, I agree. If, if they were up front, you probably would have handled it better because I had something similar sort of like the first year in business or so. There was a woman that I knew um, who had skill and I asked her, you know, do you want to come in into my business because she'd had some maternity leave? And she's like, no, no, you know, I'm not ready yet, but I'll reach out to you when I am. But that was a lie because, in fact, she was getting her own license and, like, within two weeks she'd opened herself. I'm like, just could have just told me I mean seriously Um, and then it wouldn't have been an issue but that's sort of like this niggling grudge in the back because she lied like blatantly lied not just omitted but the other thing is yes competition's healthy but it's more about they've copied you because they know it's a good idea and it's a compliment and I know that's hard to hear because now you've got more fish in the pond but they know that you're onto something Yeah, yeah, you're right. I think it was the way it was done, the fact that I'd invested a fair bit of time in supporting them. Yeah. And then their whole model, it also involves schools and unis and, you know, Mm -hmm. all of that stuff. And then I stalked the website yesterday and it's got bits of HR in it. And I'm like, are you really going to do the one thing that I'm unique in, in my offering? And I think the bit that hit home for me was that none of them are HR trained. No. How can you do that? (laughs) Yes. Then I felt angry for the people that they're going to go mislead now to go bring in as clients. Yes. But, you know, you've got the background you've got and people will work with you, just like Fiona was saying, you know. Um, Yes. Well, that's what I'm saying. That's exactly what it was. But, you know, that's okay. I'm me. The right people will find you. The right people will find me for what I offer. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. So what I actually did, and I know it's very childish, but that's okay, I block them on LinkedIn so I don't have yeah. to see it. I think that's a good idea. I was going to say just block yeah. and just that's focus on yourself. <laughs> focus on myself because otherwise it would have distracted me and I would have been stalking on LinkedIn because my yes. Facebook now. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, block so That was me. So yeah, it was really good to hear, you know, that Fiona thing yesterday of just not giving a, a crap about what other people are doing and staying in my own lane. And yeah, yeah. And I think that whole, you know, leaving Facebook to stay in my own lane has served me so well because it's mm. really given me the sense of focus. Yep. So I don't want to now be distracted by this little bump in the road. Yep. It's not a bump in the road because you've just brought on like a major client. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yep. So yeah, and that's where I was yesterday going, ha-ha, suckers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's all, so gonna that's all good. It will be. It mm. will be. If anything, it's um, given me a bigger challenge now to, to look, like you said, look at a re- bit of a rebrand and go out there and get the next big one. Yeah, that's right. Make it really clear what you're doing. Yeah. So thank you, Fiona. She's wonderful. I'm doing a webinar of hers that um, she advertised in the next week or so. So she's always got things coming up. And in fact, when talking to her and being reminded that she does the walks, I thought that could be an element that you could add in with yours, like be one of her walking facilitators. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. I was looking at that yesterday. I think it's fascinating. And Hmm. You know, who'd have thought that you could have combined something like that within your coaching business? Yeah. Great. Yeah. And she wants them all around the country. Does she? Mm. Nice. Mm. Yeah. I'll check it out. Mm. Sounds amazing. Get fit and lose weight at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. And network while you're walking. I think it'll create an extra element because you're not just focused on the business cards. (laughs) Yeah. What have you got on for the week? Anything exciting? No, Relay for Life, like I said, coming up. Yeah. So I'm sort of focusing a little bit on that, just thinking all the things I need to bring. We're going to run a raffle to raise some extra money. We're going to have a few cakes and things at our stall to sell. So it's just those things, pulling them together and making sure the team is all ready to set up on Saturday. Mm, nice. 
Hmm. I've got a keynote in Canberra next week. Oh, great. That's the big one a while ago. Yeah. Yeah. So for real estate, so I'll be doing that next week. Cool. And I'll be up your end in a few months because I'm doing a keynote for Life Saving Victoria. Oh, great. Life Saving Victoria. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For their women's event. Oh, I'll send you the date. Hopefully we can catch up then. In yeah. Person. Brilliant. Hmm. Yep. Well, hopefully the Canberra one will bring you some extra work as well. Real estate, you've been trying to get in doing. Yes, I have. Thanks to Amanda, who's been an amazing help. Hmm. Um, So yes, I think the real estate one will be great and good people in the room and interesting keynotes on the day as well. Excellent. All right. Up and up. (laughs) Yay. (laughs) Fantastic. All right. Well, we obviously want people to go and check Fiona out. Yeah. We also want them to continue conversation with us. We've had a few comments on our website, which is great, iqmeetseq.com.au. But generally they're just comments like, this was great and, you know, great chat or whatever. But if you do want to ask questions, please let us know because we'd love to, to, I suppose, have a more open conversation with our listeners. Mm. Where can they reach out and find you, Ush? Oh, at the moment, ushdanuk.com, but who knows in the next few weeks what that might be called. <laughs> right. That's great. Um, and I'm at jackiebroman.com or the main one, tbalaw.com.au, and my email's all there. So there we go. Another fortnight. <laughs> they fly. Yay. Yay, I know. They do. Yep. Cool. All right. Well, um, chat to you again soon. Talk soon. Bye.